Good evening, Don't Unfriend Me Nation. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me, episode 449. We just hit 145,000 going strong on Facebook. Thank you. Twitter, we just hit 4,200, so it's good to see. If you haven't stopped by and done that, please do that at The Dumb Show across all social media, or you can go to thedumbshow.com and pick up some hats, some coffee, some shirts. We just got the new uh, the brand, the old coffee that's now the new coffee back in. A lot of people were asking for the coffee, uh, the dumb production coffee. It's back. You can go to the website and go get it. Now, what are we talking about tonight? COVID. And I'm, I'm, I'm done being afraid of saying the word COVID. It, it, was, it got to a point where I lost my YouTube channel. Twitter suspended me. Facebook put me on a year restriction. Just because I, I said the word COVID in a live show after a viewer asked a question. Incredible stuff. They also got me for showing a couple of Donald Trump rallies. These things are not in their bylaws, but unfortunately, even if you produce or distribute something that they consider to be inaccurate, you get banned for it. Little did I know. This is the, the ebb and flow and, and tug rope of what's been going on. This tug of war between social media, media, the narrative, and the administration and the truth. Tonight, we got information. Obviously, everyone's been seeing it. The Department of Energy and the FBI, you might say why the DOE, we'll go over it in a second, are saying that the adding credence to the supposed conspiracy theory that COVID originated in a Wuhan lab is something that's been general knowledge and most of us have been saying for uh, two years now. We're going to talk about it tonight. We're going to go into very specific detail because you have to be careful. You say one thing that they consider to be untrue and they'll yank you. All sources have been cited. There shouldn't be any reason to do that tonight. Right after the Hodge twins, and you hear this message, we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, Hogs Twins here. Check out our friend Matthew Spirit at his podcast. At The Dumb Show and his website, yeah. don'tunfriendme.com. Yeah. Well, thank you to the Hodge Twins for leaving a message and stopping by. My name is Matthew Spear. Like I said, host of Don't Unfriend Me. Welcome. I think I put up the graphic uh, there. If I didn't, now you have it. Abracadabra. The energy department has now concluded with low confidence. Now, when they say low confidence, you have low confidence and you have high confidence. Now, we don't know what percentage. That could be 49% low confidence. But the issue is this. There's a reason why the alphabet agencies are loosing this information right now. Now, I'm going to show to you how long it's been since the promise was made that this investigation would pan something other than a bunch of dirt and strike gold. And now just so happens yet again, almost like as lucky as an air raid siren that hadn't been heard in five days in Kiev when Joe Biden was there, you have this magical information that's being leaked by the Department of Energy. I wonder why. But it began after an unintentional laboratory leak in China, they now say. Remember. 
this was considered conspiracy theory, that you wore a tinfoil hat, that you were an Alex Jones fan if you said that the virus originated in Wuhan. But according to a Wall Street Journal and now several others, Washington Post also put something out, which cited a classified intelligence report provided to the White House and members of Congress. They say there are really two competing theories about what started the COVID-19 pandemic in China. Number one was that the virus jumped from animals to humans at a market and that it was accidentally leaked from a lab where researchers were studying coronaviruses. Neither has had enough evidence so far to be conclusive. However, the latter seems to be piling up faster than the previous. Now, to go into detail, the first is that like many other known infections, the virus that causes COVID jumped from animals to people, likely at the market in Wuhan, China, that sells live animals. Now, it's a little bit different than cows and chickens. They sell bats and monkeys and snakes, all sorts of things that go bump in the night. The second is that the virus was accidentally released by researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, accidentally. A scientific lab in Wuhan, a few miles from the wet market that I just previously described, is the scenario where researchers who were studying the SARS-CoV-2 virus, or one similar to it, accidentally infected themselves, passing it on to others. Now, obviously, that sounds kind of crazy, accidentally infected each other. Then let's change this. How about accidentally were exposed to it, or intentionally exposed to it, or by negligence exposed to it. Now, it doesn't sound so improbable, does it? Support for this comes from the fact that researchers at the lab were known to be studying coronaviruses in the same family as SARS-CoV-2, and lab accidents have occurred in the past. Specifically, in 2019, the same exact lab with the World Health Organization's backing were looking for new scientists to come in who had experience. Also, the laboratory was increased to a level four laboratory. However, they were still using level two type gear. Now, you may not understand what that means, and you really shouldn't, but you use higher levels of countermeasures that are required for entry and exit and also handling dangerous material at these levels. Level four is the highest you can go. It's what a lot of people are calling bioweapon labs. The Chinese government cleaned up the wet market completely, destroying all evidence before others had a chance to examine it, and it seems not to have released information on those who were sick earliest, fueling speculation that they have something to hide, and we all know they do. Now, the Wall Street Journal and New York Times both reported that the Energy Department, citing new intelligence, new intelligence, changed its stance on the origins of the pandemic, but the conclusion was relatively weak. Well, let's get into it. Why is it, why do they keep saying weak? Well, obviously, because they're floating a balloon, so to speak. No pun intended, a Chinese balloon. I'll explain it in a second, right after this video. This is KJP back in the day, explaining away. Now you might think, Matt, it wasn't that long ago. This must be recent. Look at her hair. As you may have seen by now, uh, today the president asked the intelligence community to redouble their efforts to collect and- Redouble their efforts, redouble, which means they doubled before. So wouldn't it just be quadruple? You need to quadruple your efforts. Maybe that's why they didn't do anything. It's because the message was all muddled. Go figure, look at her hair information that could bring us closer to a definitive conclusion and to a report back to him in 90 days. 
All right. So what KJP is saying, and there was a White House briefing and also letterhead, a memorandum that was put out, which I'll show you the link here, which was specifically asking the alphabet agencies to look into China's release, possible release of the Wuhan virus. Now, this is something that they understood. That is something that they committed to. Now, the question is, is did they follow up with it? This is why the president is asking the U.S. U.S. intelligence community in cooperation with other elements of our government to redouble efforts to collect and analyze information that could bring the world closer to a definitive conclusion on the origin of the virus and deliver a report to him again in 90 days. But in terms of, you know, cooperating with the WHO investigations, there's nothing new from the White House in terms of encouraging China or penalties for China if it does not um, sort of cooperate with investigations going forward. Nope, nobody's going to ask. I, I'm not going to prejudge or, you know, make any pre-announcements at this time. We're going to go with the 90-day investigation and see where it takes us from there. On that 90-day investigation, is the White House committing to making the results of that investigation public? Hey, there it is. Let's make it public. Well, I'm sure she's going to say yes, because transparency is so important in the Biden administration, isn't it? Let's listen. We'll, we'll have more to share after the 90 days. Son of a bitch. Well, I guess not. Well, the question is, Maybe not after 90 days, but I must have missed the article. There should be something by now, right? I mean, we have to have it. I'm, I'm sure. Well, no, not until the 19th of February, eight days ago. So what changed? Why did we all of a sudden get this information? So here it is. The U.S. intelligence apparatus of the United States has suggested that China is considering providing arms and ammunition to Russia and involvement in the Kremlin's war effort that would be a serious problem. They're talking about Ukraine and China supplying weapons to Russia like the United States is supplying to Ukraine, running a proxy. Now, Matt, what does this have to do with COVID? These, have, these things have nothing to do, to do together, do they? Well, yes, they do. It's obviously a message from the United States to China, back the hell off. Not only are we telling you that there's going to be a red line drawn in the sand, and you know how we do that with the, the red line because it doesn't do anything, especially with Democrats. They talk about it all the time, and they don't care who crosses it. Take a look at Crimea. But it's very important to understand that this information comes so closely entwined with China's threat to back Russia that this is a message that the world will hold them accountable, led by the United States, in regards to something that everyone knows is that this did come from Wuhan. The war effort that I talked about is something that Secretary State, um, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, had responded to. Blinken said the United States long has been concerned that China would provide weapons to Russia. He pointed to Chinese leader Xi Jinping's promise to Russian President Vladimir Putin of a partnership with no limits when they met just weeks before Putin sent his troops into Ukraine on February 24th, 2022. Since then, ties between the two countries have only grown stronger. Two years before the novel coronavirus pandemic upended the world, U.S. embassy officials visited a Chinese research facility in the city of Wuhan several times and sent two official warnings back to Washington about inadequate safety at the lab. This is what I was referring to earlier, which was conducting risky studies on coronavirus from bats funded by NIH and your wonderful, loving Dr. Fauci. The cables have fueled discussion inside the United States government about whether this or another Wuhan lab was the source of the virus, even though conclusive proof has yet to emerge. 
Now, if we listen to conclusive proof, then people will still continue to discredit. But listen to this. In January 2018, the U.S. Embassy in Beijing took the unusual step of repeatedly sending U.S. science diplomats to Wuhan and the Institute of Virology, which had in 2015 become China's first laboratory to achieve the highest level of international bioresearch safety, known as BSL-4, the one I was referring to earlier with the suits. WIV issued a news release in English about the last of these visits, which occurred on March 27, 2018. The U.S. delegation was led by Jameson Faust, the Council General in Wuhan, and Rick Schweitzer, the Embassy's Counselor of Environmental Science, Technology, and Health. Then, the WIV erased that statement from its website, though it remains archived on the Internet today. What the U.S. officials learned during their visits concerned them so much that they dispatched two diplomatic cables categorized as sensitive but unclassified back to Washington. The cables warned about safety and management weaknesses at the WIV lab and proposed more attention and help. The first cable, which was obtained, also warns that the lab's work on bat coronaviruses and their potential human transmission represented a risk of new SARS-like pandemic being exposed to humans. During interactions with scientists at the WIV laboratory, they noted the new lab has a serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and gear. Investigators needed to safely operate this high containment laboratory, states the January 19, 2018 cable, which was drafted by two officials from the embassy's environmental science and health sections who met the WIV scientists. It's all coming clear? Is it all making sense? Well, maybe it's not, because maybe this is the first time you've heard of this because of censorship. The media blacked this out. Social media in particular did to make sure that you wouldn't get the truth. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all guilty of this. Here's something from Facebook right now. In light of ongoing investigations into the origin of COVID-19, and this was back in 2021 after KGB, KJP made her statement, and in consultation with public health experts, we will no longer remove the claim that COVID-19 is man-made from our application, the spokesperson said in an emailed statement. We're continuing to work with health experts to keep pace with the evolving nature of the pandemic and regularly update our policies as new facts and trends emerge. Bullcrap. YouTube also confirmed in a statement that claims that the virus was man-made or originated in a lab accident do not violate the platform's policies because there's not been consensus on its origins. So the company policy remains unchanged. The issue with that is it's a bold-faced lie. I was removed because I had mentioned the exact same thing on YouTube and my account was permanently deleted. No warning, nothing else, permanently deleted with over 400 videos. State and local public health departments are the first line of action, the first responders, the first leaders in allocation of resources, etc. Our federal system of government makes the state governors the leaders. 
The CDC, the NIH, FEMA, etc. become involved when the state governor or their agent asks the feds for support, resources, etc. or if they're turned down by Joe Biden's administration because it's political and Ohio isn't a big enough train wreck and they don't care. But anyway, it's no different with coronavirus than with H1N1 or Hurricane Katrina or a forest fire outside a national forest. One lesson learned is for the experts to take warnings seriously in the future. In December 2019, the Taiwanese articulately described the origin and growth of the situation in Wuhan and other parts of China. They critiqued the mainland's regime's response and pretty accurately predicted ensuing events over the next two years. I saw plenty of mention of these reports in early January. I assumed that the World Health Organization bureaucracy would be at minimum investigating if what the Taiwanese said was true. But the World Health Organization refused to pay attention to the Taiwanese report for political reasons, not public health reasons. There are several lessons learned already from recent events. There are several more to come. In our struggle to improve, we should not reject facts, our rationale of evaluations or anything else of those facts because it is just politically incorrect to do so. Single point of failure is another lesson learned. Neither decision-making nor designed or designated actors nor sources of information, sources of supplies, sources of equipment should have a single point of failure. We heard this with PPE. We heard this with the early stages of the vaccine and respirators and enough hospital beds. A network approach rather than a hierarchical approach to government to business, to society is necessary for a complex society to survive. One or two paths through the network can fail without the entire network failing. In a single anything system, we are betting everything on that one single point of failure. And we did this with the narrative. Everything had to be one way. Masks were the only answer. The vaccine was the only answer. Social distancing and plexiglass and hand sanitizer and, 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 and. All of the things. Hydrochloroquine. Ivermectin, everything that they said was ultimately wrong. There are a whole mess of people who need to be investigated and held accountable because of those aforementioned things that are wrong. But alas, this is America, and that will never happen. I'm not expecting an apology from Facebook or YouTube or anyone else, but it's really important to understand that we assume because a person looks a certain way or they talk a certain way or you feel that maybe they're not in your party, that immediately they are wrapping their minds around conspiracy theory or orders that ultimately have nowhere but to draw the public into disarray. We were already in enough of that. We were on lockdown. The general public tried to get involved. And although some of the things that they said and did were not productive, either was the government. There's a healthy balance in any situation when it comes to economics, and that is the government is absolutely necessary and unnecessary, and the private industry is necessary and unnecessary. A healthy balance of both usually will get you a better answer than one solidary person saying, this is the only way. That person is Dr. Fauci, and I hope to God somebody is going to hold the man accountable. I won't hold my breath. Folks, thanks for watching tonight. It's been an interesting one. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a comment down below. And if you didn't, you can leave a comment too. Let me know your thoughts, uh, what you're thinking. You can see me at 8.30 tonight live, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We are live with 
Amy and Leroy. And then we have a recorded show Monday through Friday. Thanks for stopping by and please share, like, and subscribe. It means the world if you do. I will leave like I always do with the Veteran Crisis Hotline. Veterans are too important. Please listen to this message and write down this number. God bless and I'll see you tonight. I'm David Boreanaz with the Cast of SEAL team. And we have an important message for returning vets. We want you to know if you're struggling to cope, there's help and it's just a phone call away. The Veterans Crisis Line is staffed with experienced professionals who know your struggles. There's no greater sacrifice in service to our country. We're able to enjoy our freedoms because of it. Your service is important. You are important. For vets and their families, the Veterans Crisis Line is here to help 24 hours a day. Please call.